the other night I was watching and I was so excited because it finally wasn't the husband. I'm like, did they not have any of these shows where it's not the husband? Hi, I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. And this is What Should You Ask? So we're talking about unsolved crimes in Kentucky today, right? That's right. That's um, right. Do you watch any kind of unsolved mystery? Did you watch unsolved mysteries in the 90s? No, I didn't really watch unsolved mysteries, but I do watch. I am fascinated by some of these crime stories, I have to admit. So I was watching a um, a documentary the other night on Apple TV, and I do admit, you know, many times people are, you know, they say people are allowed to disappear I was watching the guy, you know, absconded, and he was on the run for a couple of years. Yes. I do admit, I did lay in bed that night for at least 30 minutes thinking, okay, if I was going to disappear, how would I do it? How would I do it? Okay. I believe for the record, that was that's the one TV series that I referred to you that you watched, right? That's so correct. Normally that's the, the only one. The information is flowing this way. That's right. Um so are there, uh, do you listen to any crime podcasts? You don't, you're all business on podcasts, aren't you? Uh, business and sports usually. Yeah. So I, listen to crime I've podcasts. listened to, um, S town. I've listened to serial and they're, re they're really fantastic. They're really good. Did you ever consider doing, going into criminal law or doing any criminal law? Nope. What about you? Well, I worked as a prosecutor. Oh yeah, that's right. For about three years, and it was really fascinating. Uh, the truth is stranger than fiction. Oh, I'd agree with People that. People would come in and they would tell me what happened, and I would I would say, "Well, that's not. There's no way it happened <laughs> that way. You couldn't have done that. That, that you could never make that into a TV show because nobody'd believe it." Um, any Netflix podcast programs that you binge on about unsolved mysteries? Not on Unsolved Mysteries. I did just watch, you and I both just watched The Big Con about the lawyer. Yeah, Eric that, Con over in Eastern Kentucky, my homeland. That um, scammed the Social Security Administration and then absconded and they found him in Honduras. That was a pretty good show. Was it at the Pizza Hut? At Pizza Hut. Yeah. And then the best part, though, was when they caught him. He uh, he asked, your mind, my order hadn't came out yet. Can I go ahead and finish my <laughs> personal pan? <laughs> That's great. Today on What Should You Ask, we have news journalist and podcaster Shay McAllister joining us. She'll discuss some well-known Kentucky unsolved crimes, including the Bardstown Crystal Rogers case. In addition, she will talk about the missing persons case of Andrea Knabel and the recently solved case of the I-65 killer. If you listen to crime podcasts, keep listening to this episode of What Should You Ask? I've always prided myself on being a hard worker, but thanks to the accident, I can't even get out of bed. I need help, but I don't even know where to start. Talk to attorneys Farmer and Wright right away. The more recent the accident, the easier it is for them to investigate, defend you, and get compensation. I've never had to get a lawyer before. Isn't the insurance company going to help? You can't always rely on insurance companies. That's why you need Farmer and Wright. Go online to FarmerWright, that's right with a W, dot com. Okay, welcome back. I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. Thanks for joining us on What Should You Ask? Today, we have a special guest, Shay McAllister. 
with WHAS out of Louisville, um, the ABC affiliate there, and she has launched a series about unsolved and cold cases. And it started back in 2019. She's a five-time Emmy award-winning reporter, uh, has been, uh, also has been uh, awarded Associate Press Best TV Reporter, does investigative reporting, and has kind of found a niche and has really been interested in some unsolved crimes and some stories. So we're going to dig into that. So real Emmys? So like, do you have this, if, if, if we could show, we can't show the viewers, but like the statues Emmys, right? Yes, exactly. They're the gold ladies. They look just like what you see on TV. That's exactly what I wanted to know. That is exactly exactly (laughs) what I wanted to know. That's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about unsolved murders and missing people. Why is our culture so fascinated with these stories? I mean, there's, you know, it's everywhere, everywhere, TV shows, podcasts, everything. Why is that you think, Shay? I think that there's a huge entertainment factor You know, when you think about true crime, you think about the gory, gruesome, unbelievable things. And for so many people, it is, it's entertaining. It's hard to believe. You want to know who did it. What do the detectives know? The stories grab your attention and they take hold of you until you have a resolution. So many of these cases, of course, don't have a resolution. But I think it's the entertainment factor that has made it such high interest. And that's been going on, you know, for the last 30 years Here over the last decade, a lot of local journalists like myself have kind of pulled that entertainment factor, but then also added the fact that true crimes happening right here in our own backyard. These are horrific cases that are happening to our neighbors. And I think that makes people care even more. When did you move? uh, When did you move to Louisville? I moved to Louisville in the summer of 2015. I was straight out of college, and I got my first job as a general assignment reporter at WHAS 11, a TV station in Louisville. Okay. Was that right about the time of the Crystal Rogers disappearance? Yes, exactly. Crystal disappeared July 4th weekend of 2015. I moved here right around that same time. I'm a little familiar with that case, but for our viewers that aren't familiar, give us a little background about that case. Gladly. So Crystal Rogers was 35 years old when she disappeared. She was a mother of five children. She lived in Bardstown, Kentucky, which is about 50 minutes south of Louisville, a small town. It's been named America's most beautiful small town. And Crystal had been with her boyfriend at the time around the 4th of July weekend. He says that they went out and fed the cows on his family farm, and then they went home and went to bed. And when he woke up, he says she was missing. Over the next few days, Crystal's family was trying to get in touch with her. Her daughter was trying to call her. Her family was trying to see if she was going to be around at some of the 4th of July events they were having, and nobody could get in touch. And eventually, her parents got worried went to the local sheriff's department and reported her missing. And on that same day, her car was discovered on the side of the Bluegrass Parkway right outside of Bardstown. It had her keys, her phone, and her purse all inside, but no sign of Crystal. What came from that? What came from the investigation? And where did things head after they found the car? So they found her car right away. That is the one piece of physical evidence that we know about on this case. 
and it was discovered the same day she was reported missing. Since then, there have been dozens and dozens of searches, but no sign of Crystal. And what we've discovered over the years is initially police failed to act in this case right away. When you have a missing person, it's really critical to get as much of the investigation done right in those first 48 hours, especially if it is later discovered that that missing person is dead. However, in most missing person cases, especially missing adults, they don't do much searching in the first 48 hours because an adult is allowed to disappear. An adult is allowed to walk away from their life. They might just be on a, b- a bender for a couple of days, you know. And yeah, it's not common. We've all had to. We've all wanted to check step out. Away. We've all yeah. wanted to step out, step away for a couple of days. You know, I watch many times on Friday night. I'll watch Dateline and watch some of the investigative reporting shows. So I'm assuming her boyfriend was probably suspect number one. You would assume correct. Brooks Houck, her boyfriend, was named the main suspect in her disappearance in October of that same year. So just a few months after she went missing, he was named the main suspect. But in an unusual twist, he wasn't arrested. And for the last seven years, he's been living his life as he normally would, considered the main suspect in a disappearance murder but not facing any charges. What does the police do with a case like this? Do they box it up and don't ever think about it again? Or does it go on a shelf or does it periodically get reviewed? How does the process work? I think that certainly depends on the police department we're talking about. In this particular case, there has been so much publicity about Crystal Rogers. Her family has refused to let her name leave the public eye. And for that reason, the police have had to stay on top of it. And in Crystal's case, um, it's pretty well-known knowledge at this point that police didn't act quickly at the beginning, but they certainly started working harder within a year of the case. And most recently, the FBI took over this case. So I think in a lot of missing person cases, a lot of cases that do go cold, there's a situation where they might put it on a shelf. They might not look at it again. But that has not happened in this one. I think I saw, was there actually an FBI raid in this case? There has been multiple. The FBI stepped in in 2020. And at that time, they served dozens of search warrants on multiple different homes and farms and properties. They interviewed hundreds of witnesses. They were even searching areas that were close to Crystal, such as a former storage unit. So once the FBI stepped in, they started from scratch on their investigation. They considered everything. Um, as needing to be redone. All right. So this case is basically just waiting out. It sounds like it's just sitting out there just waiting for a tip. I think this case, yes, and and so many others like it, are going to depend on a critical piece of evidence from the public. Police say that often, that they they need people to speak up. Um, In this particular case, we know that police have narrowed in on one certain family a very tight-knit family, um, and anyone who does know anything in this case is choosing to stay quiet at this time. As I was reading through some of these unsolved cases, tell me about, as part of this investigation, did you get to involved in the Tommy Ballard case as well? Yes. So Tommy Ballard is Crystal Rogers' father, and he was killed 16 months after Crystal disappeared. He was considered the lead investigator on her case, informally, of course. He was not uh, part of law enforcement. 
but he did hold search parties for her. How was he killed? He was killed by one shot through his chest. Like at his house or like on the side of the road? Tell me about that. How This is bizarre. How'd that happen? He was actually out hunting with his grandson the weekend before Thanksgiving in 2016 on family property, property he was incredibly familiar with and spent a lot of time on, and someone shot him. His grandson had been walking back to the car when it happened, heard the shot, turned around, saw his grandfather, Tommy, laying on the ground, and ran up, grabbed his phone, and called his grandmother. Wow. Well, that sounds like somebody didn't like him asking questions. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll continue talking to Shay McAllister about the disappearance of Andrea Kimball and the solved I-65 case. This is What Should You Ask? I never thought it would happen to me. I'm going through a terrible divorce, and I think I'm going to have to declare bankruptcy. I don't even know the first step to take. Attorneys Farmer and Wright have helped many people just like you navigate this difficult situation. I'm going to need help with bills fast. The debts are racking up. That's why Farmer and Wright is the first call you need to make. Bankruptcy is a difficult process, but they'll meet with you, offer you compassion, and fight for you. Go online to FarmerWright, that's right with a W, dot com. Welcome back. I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. Thanks for joining us on What Should You Ask? Today, we have WHAS ABC reporter Shay McAllister. For the last seven years, she's been focusing her television career on discussing unsolved missing and murder cases in our bluegrass state, right? That's right. You've been recognized for your unsolved series on WHAS. What are some cold cases in which you would like to get more exposure Well, I've covered dozens of cold cases over the years. It's hard to choose one that I think needs more exposure. Um, Honestly, they all do. They all have families on the other side. But some of the ones that the families stay in touch with me and and contact me very regularly is um, Michael Gorley, who's a missing man. We have Claude Shelton, who's a missing man. We have, um, gosh, the list goes on and on. We also have all of them at whas11.com slash unsolved, where you can see all of the cases, exactly what happened, what police know right now, and what they need to move the case forward. Yeah. So tell us about the uh, Andrea, uh, is it Knable case? Yes, Knable, exactly. Tell us about that. So Andrea Knable is another missing mother. She's from Louisville, Kentucky. She had two young children when she disappeared in 2019. Andrea's case um, is a little bit like what we hear more often, where she was going through a tough time. She was with a bad crew of people. She lost her job. She lost her home. She was couch surfing at this time. And this is a really common state when we hear about people disappearing. One difference with her case which is a similarity to Crystal's, is her family has kept her name in the headlines. They search very publicly for her often, and they have kept pressure on police to find answers in her case. But the last night that she was missing, she got into an argument with part of the family. She went to her sister's house, talked it over with her sister, was feeling okay. Or Her sister said, you know, go back to mom's house, sleep it off, you'll feel better. And that walk back to her mom's house was the last time anyone saw her. Wow. So what kind of investigation has has taken place? What kind of, you know, clues or tips has law enforcement received? 
In this particular case, we don't know exactly how the investigation looks. It's being led by the Louisville Metro Police Department, mm-hmm. um, the biggest law enforcement agency in the state, and also one of the most difficult to get information from. So they really have not shared with us where the investigation stands and what they need, and that's pretty typical of them. But we do know that the family has hired multiple different private investigators on this case. Um, all of which believe that there were, she met up with people that night, something went wrong, and nobody is talking about it. There's the I-65, or it was called, um, oh, the name of the motel. That, that was the other reference to, the, to this unsolved murders, right? Oh, Super 8. Tell us a, a little bit about that case. Sure. So this one is one that happened before my time, um, back in the 80s. There was a string of hotel murders. The clerks working at the front desks of these hotels were getting robbed and then murdered in brutal ways. They were being stabbed and left behind the dumpster or um, sexually assaulted and left naked, tied up in the corner of the hotel. All of them were discovered by customers. They were all working overnight. And in the morning, customers would come to check out of their rooms and uh, either wouldn't be able to find the front desk agent or would find them and call police. They were not able to peg the I-65 killer, as this man was named, um, for decades and decades. But just recently, a huge investigation between multiple agencies used DNA genealogy records to link one man, Harry Greenwell, as the killer. And he was actually linked to crimes up and down the interstate, even as far up as Minnesota. And all of them were the same type of crime. He did die and was not convicted before that death, but certainly some closure for these families. Right, right. Wow. And I think that was that was in the late 80s, right? Right. And then, wow, that's pretty impressive with the investigative genealogy process. It seems like there's a timeline, and if and if the police don't get good clues within a certain amount of time, it seems like they become really hard to solve. Is there some? Uh, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, you may not know this. If there if there's there some timeline, like if it's more than this, if it's yeah. after, if it's not solved within 12 months, they usually go unsolved. Or I, I'm just kind of curious. What are you, what have you seen? I think it's definitely definitely more difficult the more time goes on. And what hurts so many of these cases, especially is in missing people, is the lack of investigation right after it happens. Just because, like you mentioned, as an adult, you're allowed to walk away from your life. You're not breaking any rules. And you know, in Metro Louisville, we have 5,000 people go missing every year. of them come back and show up. Of course, there's that 2% where something bad did happen. But if they were to stop everything and launch massive investigations every time someone was reported missing, that's all they would do. So it's a really difficult balance there. So thank you to news reporter and fellow podcaster Shane McAllister for answering our questions and providing insight on unsolved crimes here in Kentucky. And importantly, if you have any information on the Bardstown murders or Andrea Knabel or any of the other missing individuals that we talked about during our podcast, contact the FBI's Louisville, Kentucky field office at 502-263-6000.
We'll also provide links in our show notes on these cases. We'll also give you Shay McAllister's social media links and a link to her podcast, which is Bardstown, where you can hear even more of that case. So Shay, thank you again for joining us. This, this is uh, really interesting material, right, Todd? I, this is fascinating. That, um, And I, I couldn't imagine from the family's perspectives out here just not having any closure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Shay, thank you again for joining us. Thank you guys for caring about it. We appreciate that. If you like what you've heard, make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to where you listen to podcasts. If you loved what you heard, then leave us a review where you listen and tell anybody that we're at whatshouldyouask.live and we'll see you next Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we ask what should you ask about life topics, so make sure you come back to hear about what we're asking. What Should You Ask is hosted by Todd Farmer and Sam Wright. The producer is Jennifer Caldwell. Visit whatshouldyouask.live to download additional episodes, suggest a future topic, or get a free book from the host. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal advice on any subject matter. You should not act or refrain from acting based on any content mentioned without seeking legal or other professional advice in your area. The hosts, guests, and sponsors remove themselves from all liability for actions you take or fail to take based on any content in this broadcast.